One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About. Today, I have joining me our producer, Ali Abalis. Hi, Ali. Hello. Hi, so glad you can be part of the conversation today. I know we're both excited to have our guests joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week, let's talk about authenticity with Haley Witters, a rising star singer-songwriter from Iowa who has made an impact in Nashville, Tennessee. Haley has been dubbed by Rolling Stone to be Nashville's newest unsigned singer. She has written songs for Little Big Town, Alan Jackson, and Martina McBride. Toured with big names such as Bone Singer, Marin Morris, and Jordan. Davis. Her newest album, Living the Dream, was released in February and includes collaborations with Jordan Davis, Little Big Town, and Trisha Yearwood. Amazing. Haley's journey is just beginning. Being named to CMT's Next Woman of Country class of 2020 and working through her music in Nashville for over the past 12 years. Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. Allie and I have been listening nonstop to 10-Year Town, and I I know we have a lot to get into. So thanks for being here. You've had a busy day. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to hang. Yeah, I know. We kind of like to kick things off with, we're here today to talk about authenticity and like to kick things off with kind of why you're here to talk about this topic, you know, and a little bit about your journey with it. Yeah, well, I'm honored that y'all picked me to talk about authenticity. Um, You know, I don't know how much how much credit I can necessarily take for like, you know, trying to be authentic or anything. I, I, I hope that it just comes across that I am authentic. You know, if I had to think where that came from, I'd say it's probably coming from um, my Midwest upbringing. We're pretty, we're pretty blunt up there. Blunt's how we talk, not what we smoke. And uh, just kind of like tell it like it is. What you see is what you get, kind of people. And I come from a real big family, and they're not gonna let any of that fake shit fly. You know, they're they're always telling me if I'm getting too big for my britches or you know sitting a little too high on my horse. So. I have to lay a lot of credit that, to that probably to being like where I'm from and how and the way I was raised. And I'm, I'm honored that you guys think that that is how I, I represented just both me and in my music, because that is something I think that 
is very important to me as a, as a listener and as a fan of music. I want to feel like I know the artist a little bit. And when I approach my music and my brand, I always try and, you know, try and resonate and connect with people on the level that, you know, we're best friends and they're sitting right next to me, you know. So I'm glad that you guys think that about me. I love that. You talked a little bit about your family too. And, you know, researching you a little bit, it seems like there's a really close relationship there. So I'm sure that that has a lot to do with kind of being confident and being true to who you are. And I know you had a milestone birthday. We're going to say 2020 didn't count. So you had a milestone (laughs) birthday a year or so ago. How did, did changing 30 have anything kind of an impact on, on this journey to being more authentic? Did you feel more comfortable in your skin? I know you kind of transitioned at that time too. Um, career paths a bit. So was turning 30 a big piece of that? I think it was like indirectly, you know, it's a funny thing as a woman, I always like dread the birthdays, you know what I mean? Or I I always used to kind of like after 21, it's like, gosh, don't tell anyone like, you know, but I, I did see as I was approaching 30, I started to be like, well, why the heck not? You know what I mean? Get, getting a year older is better than the alternative, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being alive. So yeah. why not celebrate it? Why not enjoy it? Why not be thankful for another year of perspective and growth and, and wrinkles and fine lines and all that stuff, you know? So I think that as I started nearing 30, whether I knew it or not, I was finding more confidence in myself as, um, you know, as a a woman and as a a musician and as an artist. And um, it all kind of circled around that 30th birthday. So I feel like it was great. I went on a girl's trip with my aunts, great aunts, mom, sisters, girl cousins. We went, there were like 30 of us on my birthday at the beach and we all sat down and had dinner together and cocktails and, and it was just a really cool thing. And, um, you know, I think now that I am 30 and in my thirties, I, don't envy being in my twenties again. You know, it's like, you are a little more confident and you are a little more sure. And, and well, sometimes I guess it depends (laughs) on the day, but I like to think I'm a little more sure in where I'm going and where, um, this path it's taken me. That's funny. I am 22. So I would love that right now. (laughs) girl. I mean, I love that 20s are great for their own reason. You know, it is kind of like the unknown and the experimental. And I think your 30s should be, too. But, you know, I I, I like the the feeling of, you know, if I don't want to go out, I tell my friends I'm not going out. You know what I mean? I don't have to feel bad about it. (laughs) There's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely like this slight transition when you go from your 20s to 30s. And you're right. It's exciting for its whole for a whole other reason. Yeah. But in your 30s, you're just more confident that you don't have, feel like you have to do certain things, I exactly. guess. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. You're not, yeah. you're less of a, not that, because I don't know you and I'm not saying that this about you, but I was a people pleaser a lot in my mm-hmm. 20s. It was like, I wanted everyone to have a good time. I wanted people to just like be you know, so happy with me. And sometimes I might like compromise my own happiness a little bit to try and make someone else happy. And I got to my thirties and I was like, that shit ain't going to fly anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so yeah. At some point there's just not enough energy left to be able to do all those things, but maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I feel like being a singer, was like my dream job, (laughs) but I was not born with the vocal cords for that. So, you know, just humor me and tell me what it's like to live and work within the music industry. You know, it's like, it's, 
heartbreaking, but also just so like incredible at the same time, you know, it's like, especially being in here, I've been in town now, I guess, for coming up on, I guess like 13, 14 years. And it's like, there's so many days I'm like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm quitting. But it's like, you know, then something incredible happens. Like you get to have a song out with Trisha Yearwood or you get your first cut or, you know, you get to go play the Opry. And it's like these dreams that you've been dreaming about your whole life, you get to see them come true. And I think that like, for me, you know, I, I had, it was, it's not been an easy road for me. It's not been a quick cakewalk overnight success to, to um, fame and, you know, and getting to see those dreams come true. It's been this the whole time and it's been like it's really easy to get really frustrated by that and think this is just not worth it you know but but I know that it is because I know that when those moments happen there's nothing else I'd rather be doing and this is it and I think that those low points make me appreciate the high points so much more because I know I know what it took to get there you know mm-hmm so at what point, like I know I've listened to interviews from a lot of people, probably yourself too. And at what point did you kind of start to see behind the curtain? Like, were you like, oh, these are just real people, you know, doing their jobs. And this is like a real place that it's just normal people like myself or yourself, I guess. God, that's such an interesting question, you know. I don't know. I can't like pinpoint like an exact moment or an exact time. I've always been very starry eyed about the business. And I think it's because I grew up in a very small town. The only thing we really had, the only access I had to Nashville and to country radio or country music was country radio. So I've always been a little starry eyed and starstruck to see, you know, people and songwriters and artists. And, you know, I've, I've always been a little starry eyed about it. And um, I don't know if there was ever like a point where I started thinking like, oh, these are just like he- like people like me clocking into work. You know what I mean? And I kind of hope I don't see that a little bit because, you know, I think it would lose some of the magic to me. But I definitely feel like, you know, a little more comfortable now with some of it, you know, and just getting mm-hmm. to write with some of my heroes and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm still like a kid in a candy store anytime I get to see them, but you know, it feels a little more comfortable. Like I can work, you know, and I don't have to be nervous as much, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and I think we think like fame, you know, you touched on your life and your, the highs and the lows of things. I think sometimes we think fame and even just success is just like this, right? Yes. But I love that, you know, you, you speak about the highs and lows because that really creates character and that creates empathy. And I think all of these other amazing characteristics, do you feel like, you know, when it comes back to authenticity, do you feel like through that journey though, you must've maintained a truthness to yourself, right? Because I'm sure there were probably moments where you could have maybe sold out or something like that. But if you're experiencing those highs and lows, I I would imagine that's because you're being authentic to who you are in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think that's probably right. And I think that there were moments, I think I came here very headstrong and then I kind of lost a little of that along the way. You know, I've, I, I had had it told to me and I really got to see it firsthand. Someone said a very successful songwriter told me, you know, Nashville will change you. It'll hurt you. It'll try and make you fit in. It'll kick you out when you don't belong. And it's really important to find that place or those people that really keep you grounded and um, like hold on to them for dear life and go to them when you start feeling a little crazy. And, and so I, I did start to see that happening. I mean, I had a period where right around like the 10 year mark for me, where I'd gone back to waiting tables. Um, I was just feeling like my artist thing. I couldn't get it off the ground. I'd been passed on by a lot of people and just kind of felt really rejected and was having a lot of questions about my path and, you know, my place in this industry and in country music. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to try really hard to be what's working on country radio. And at that, cause that was that country radio is a, is a very big dream for me. It, it was like the reason I moved to town. I wanted to hear myself on the radio and, and I wanted to go for it. But what was happening at the time was it was a lot of pop country and I, I was a fish out of water. Like I came to Nashville to be in country music. You know, if I wanted to be in pop, I, I would have gone to LA or New York or something. And, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be pop country. And so I tried to be it and I wrote some terrible songs <laughs> and I recorded them and I was like setting up some meetings. And, you know, I remember my first one, the guy was like, all right, I like this. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> this is not me. It just doesn't feel like me. It didn't. And I was like, if I have to do this, if this is what I have to do to be here, then I can't, that's not me. I can't do that. And so mm -hmm. I scratched the project. And then that was when I kind of hit, you know, my fuck it point, as I like to say. And I just thought, you know, you can try all day to be everyone else, or you can just try really hard to be you and to do Haley Witters and do that as best as you can. And if they tell you no, then who cares, you know? And it was just like, so that's what I did when I made the dream. And that was my, my, it was kind of my last ditch attempt at like trying to make something happen before I considered a, a career change. You know, I'm hitting 30, I'm in getting hit in that midlife crisis mode. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm just going to try one last time and I'm going to pour everything I have into it make it so my DNA that it's nobody else's and tell my story, tell the Haley story and make something that I'm proud of. And if you know, it ends up being a flop, at least I can say like you did your best at being you and it just wasn't in the cards. And so that's what I did. And ironically enough, that is the record that changed everything for me. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we we definitely noticed that um, for sure. And that was one of our questions, but it was perfectly answered already. But so I guess I'll take this next one, Elise, and like how were you able to kind of take this space that you were writing in, like from pop country, whatever. And just like, did you have to kind of shift how you wrote, like what mindset you were in or like, how did you find this authenticity from like an emotional place? Was there kind of like some work that needed to be done there before you could kind of tap into that? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was tuning a lot of things out. Like, you know, Right before that, I was very like, what's going on? What's everyone else doing? How do I get there? How do I do that? You know, and then it was just like this, you know, listen to Haley. I spent a lot of time in my backyard drinking a beer in my lawn chair with my chickens. Just like, what does Haley want to say, you know, and what does Haley want to do? And, and, you know, turning down co-writes that weren't, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, just, and not necessarily because I didn't like the person, but just, I really, really had to protect my headspace and I really had to be careful with it because, um, I can be very impressionable, you know, and I had to like really take a step back, tune out a lot of what was happening around me and look in. And I did that in everything. It was like, gossip I can't be a part this gossip over here I can't be a part of it these rights and this you know project that's happening over here like I can't be a part of it that's not what I want just stay on the path like tuning out a lot of noise tuning out a lot of you know the town the town drama and the town you know chart success tuning out the radio like tuning out the chart turn, turn, turning out the things that I, I wanted just so that I could like really, really create something that felt very um, pure, you know, and, and true to who I was. I had to turn, tune out a lot, you know, to protect that headspace and get there. 
I have so much respect for that, like the turning down of opportunity, right? Like that's not something that you hear people talk about, right? Because how, how like scary was that? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. First time, like I, I had spent years trying to get meetings with record labels in town and I started getting some things going and they were calling me and I, I was like, okay, I'll go to this meeting, you know? And it was like the dog and pony show. And I just felt like very deflated by it. Honestly, I was like, wait, kind of what you're saying about peeling the curtain back a little bit. I was like, wait, is this what, is this what these meetings are? You know? And like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't about my songs. It was about bottle service and like, you know, like dick jokes and shit. And I'm like, I'm not. I just felt like I wasn't really, it was very deflating. And I was like, I can't, you know, I stopped doing label meetings. I was like, this is not what I want. And that was a hard thing to turn down too, because it was like those opportunities, but they were distracting. They were really Mm -hmm. distracting to me. And I couldn't afford to start thinking like that, you know? Mm -hmm. It's funny. You said like, I, you can, I think you use the word, like I can be uh, like giving in to other people's opinions, but you sound so strong-willed. Like I don't, I don't see that at all about you. Oh, uh, well, you come see me in real, in real time when I'm curled up in the bathtub in my sweatpants and just can't. I mean, I have those moments too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like everyone yeah. has those moments. That's what make you real. And um, I try and I try and let myself feel those things every yeah. once in a while. You know, and I, I, I sit in it. I sit in it for a good few hours or days and then I, I get out of it, you know, cause you can't just wallow in that and you got to use it and, and channel it into something productive. So, well, and I'm sure that's a big part of your, your songwriting, right? Like country music is storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine like feeling those emotions yeah. is a big part of writing a good song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone asked the other day, like, what advice do you have as a writer? And I was like, you know, feel everything like, you know, try, even if it's not something you're going through, even if it's a scenario you're seeing, try and put yourself in the shoes of both those people, the protagonist and the antagonist, you know what I mean? And empathy is huge. Like I think to be, to be a good songwriter, you have to have empathy, you know, you have to be able to see all sides and feel all sides and, and all those things, love, hurt, joy, you know, all those things that I think it's really important to be able to see it all and feel it all. And you like having done, you know, both the written side and the the artist performance side, like I would imagine it's the most authentic when you're also writing and performing your own songs, right? Like, is there, how does it, and maybe you can guide us through a little, like how it feels to write and not get to perform it. Like, does that, is there an inauthenticity there? I don't know. Or, and how does it feel to maybe get to perform and not write it? I don't know. I'm assuming you write majority or have a hand in majority of your songs. Yeah. Um, But I'm curious. Yeah. Like the, those two pieces, right? Are it happens often yeah. that someone's just a, a someone is the writer versus the performer and vice versa. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you know, as far as like your first question to to write it and not get to perform it, I don't know if I don't know if I've felt that necessarily. Just because usually, like, even if I, you know, 
even if it's something that I don't necessarily record, if I wrote it, if I want to perform it, or if Little Big Town recorded it and I still like it, I'll still record it anyways and put it on the song or on the record. But I mean, and then on the other part of your question, like to perform a song that I didn't write, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing too, because when I'm picking like outside songs that I didn't write to put on my record, it's like songs that I am obsessed with and like wish that I wrote and I'm just jealous that I didn't write them. So they are fun. Cause you can kind of like take them on and treat them like they're your own, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's one of the things I've just, especially in country music, some of my favorite artists, um, could deliver a song like they wrote it, you know, like a George Strait or even Trisha Yearwood. I mean, she, she didn't write those songs, but when she sings walk away, Joe, you feel like she just, bear her soul to you. You know what I mean? So I paid attention to that and I tried to learn that and tried to learn how to emote, um, mm. feeling as though I were the one writing it, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, love, I feel like that. it's always like, I feel like if I'm listening to the radio, I'm like, Oh my God, I connect so much with this yeah. person, but I've never considered. And maybe that's a problem with the industry. I don't know, because I feel like I, should be connecting with people that wrote the songs more yeah. than the singer. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but well, even yeah. to get to hear a song, like to get to hear Lori McKenna sing humble and kind, not to take away from Tim, but like you can feel that from her in a way, you know? So I, I don't know. I think it kind of like depends. I mean, me, like when I first got to town, I was just so starstruck by the songwriters, you know, the people I was just, just, you know, I'd see them at Kroger or something and just get really starstruck about them. So um, I think it just depends, man. Songwriter or artist performance, you know, mm-hmm. it's there's so totally. many different skill sets, really, when you think of it. Right. Like so many different skill sets involved in that, which is amazing. Yeah. And you've had like a, a, a pretty good year so far. And I, I know you have what, tell us about what else you have going on in the rest of 2021. I think you're a little more open up in Nashville than we are here in Canada. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I stay inside my house, so I don't even know where we're at. I'll probably keep staying inside my house even after quarantine, but yeah, I've been releasing a deluxe project, an extension of my record, The Dream, called... Um, a deluxe called living the dream. And it was an idea that was kind of born during quarantine. I mean, I was in the thick, like touring season. I was in the middle of a Jordan Davis tour. My year was about to be just stacked. My managers were like, you will not have any free time. So, um, and then the quarantine, and then the pandemic hit and everything kind of got stopped. And so I went home and, went back into creative mode, went back into writing mode. And my producer came up with this idea of a deluxe called living the dream. And he's like, you know, why don't you show fans what that means? Like you keep saying it. I kept saying it in interviews and, you know, I have that song on my record. The last song's called living the dream. And so he was like, why don't we show that to fans like in the form of songs or a deluxe story? And so, um, I'd had a few songs already written. I added a few that I wrote during quarantine and, um, we asked some of my heroes to join and collaborate. And it was all people that, 
had a hand in me being able to say that I was living the dream. Like, you know, I said earlier, little big town, literally that those royalty checks helped me fund the dream. And, um, Brent Cobb and Jordan Davis took me out on tour as an independent artist and helped me pay my band and, you know, keep the lights on and keep doing this and hang up the apron strings. So every, artist featured on that project has had a hand in me being able to say that I'm living the dream. And it just feels like, like a perfect kind of, you know, bookcase to my record, the dream, because that record started as this brokenhearted waitress wondering if she's ever going to get to see her dreams come true. And, um, I got to, you know, I, I hung on to it and I, I kept going and all these things started happening and all of these dreams that I'd given up on happening started happening and these bucket list moments that I was getting to do because of this record. And so, um, you know, it starts on Tenure Town and it ends on the Living the Dream Deluxe, getting to collaborate with some of my heroes. And I, I really just hope, you know, fans can feel the entire journey and just feel those 14 mm-hmm. years as a Nashville singer-songwriter and uh, you know, and also just maybe be inspired to to hang on and to not give up on their own dreams, you know, and, and see what could happen when you do that. I'm sure people can feel it. I can like feel it as you're talking about it. I'm like <laughs> getting chills. I feel like this is a great motivational speak. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Or what? Yeah, you're you're great. You're ready to never mind hitting the road for country music. You're ready to hit the motivational speaking scene as well. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I feel like, sorry to interrupt, Elise, I feel like it's like a good wake up call for people, you know, like, like my age, like, yeah, you're living the dream now, but like, it didn't come overnight. Like, this wasn't like a snap thing that you just fell upon that it's like, you know, it's a journey. So I think that's so cool. And I love narrative songs. So obviously country music. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's, we live in a society now that we think success comes instantly. Right. And like, we see that through like, whether it's Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook or info, like we think success happens overnight. And so it's really refreshing to see someone and have someone speak about like the highs and lows of that and the, the drive and tenacity that must come with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We like to end each podcast just, you know, saying now that we've kind of talked about authenticity, what are almost some action points that we can, we can take on to be more authentic. And I, I feel like you've talked a lot about that throughout, but you know, is it following, staying true to your path, cutting out the noise? Yeah. What are some of those things? Any other things for you that come up? I think it is. And I think, you know, like, don't be so hard on yourself, you know? And I, and I think like, that's really hard to do. And, and, you know, we talk about embracing your thirties or embracing an extra five, 10 pounds, whatever it is, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Just appreciate yourself and take care of yourself and find friends that, that, you know, keep you grounded and, and remind you of those things. And, um, and, and find what it is that inspires you and just hold on to that and chase that no matter what anyone else says, you know, it's like find some good friends, some good dive bars to drink beer on, on those sad nights and, you know, just, just keep on keeping on. And I think it won't steer you wrong, you know? 
I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such fun. And why don't you tell everyone where we can find you on Instagram? I know you're already part of my Spotify playlist, but where else can we find you? Yeah, I'm all over. I'm on Spotify and Apple, all the streaming services. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Haley Witters. I just joined TikTok and I'm terrible (laughs) at it. So (laughs) aren't we all? (laughs) But yeah, talk about being 30, way too old for that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's good. Um, I'm all over the place. Thank you, Haley, so much. This was so fun. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.